0: Today in the Join the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of Mark, and we're in chapter 12. This chapter begins with Jesus speaking the parable of the tenants. And you'll remember we went over this in Matthew, and it can also be found in the Gospel of Luke. So this is according to chapter 12, Jesus is speaking to them. He then began to speak to them in parables. It says, A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others, some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son, whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And here Jesus is quoting, The book of Psalms 118. So then picking back up in verse 12, this is the representatives of the Sanhedrin that were originally referenced in chapter 11. They respond to Jesus's parable. And it says, then they looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Now picking up in verse 13, this is paying taxes to Caesar. It can be found in Matthew and in Luke as well. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and they said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? So here they set him up. They try to flatter him and they try to catch him in an unanswerable question. But Jesus responds because he knows their hypocrisy. It says here in verse 15, why are you trying to trap me? He asked, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him and his answer. Now picking up in verse 18, it's talking about marriage at the resurrection. And we did talk about this in Matthew and it's also discussed in Luke. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. You'll remember we already went over the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, and all of their beliefs. Here in particular, talking about the Sadducees, who it again points out, do not believe in the resurrection. And so they have a question, and they say to him, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died, leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? And again, remember, these people don't believe that resurrection is possible. So they're saying, hypothetically, if you're resurrected, even though we don't believe in this. So Jesus knows their hypocrisy to begin with. And he replies to them, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, you have not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the bush. He's referencing Exodus chapter 3 here. How God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Now moving on to verse 28. This is a section entitled The Greatest Commandment, and we also read about this in Matthew. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. We know Jesus here is referencing Deuteronomy chapter 6, speaking specifically of the commandments that God gave through Moses. He goes on to say in verse 31, The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So picking up in verse 32, the man replies, Well said, teacher, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and all your understanding and all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to the man, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. The next section is entitled, Whose Son is the Christ? We discussed it in Matthew. It can also be found in Luke. While Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, How is it that the teachers of the law say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Here Jesus is quoting David from Psalm 110. When David understood that Jesus, still to come, was his Lord, but he also understood that even though he would be a descendant of David and that he was David's Lord, he is Lord of all. David himself calls him Lord. Jesus said, so how then can he be his son? The large crowd listened with delight. As he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in their flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at the banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. And then the last section in this chapter is entitled The Widow's Offering. And it can also be found in the Gospel of Luke. It says that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. She put everything in, all that she had to live on. So while the others were giving Out of plenty, she gave all that she had. And that ends chapter 12. We will pick up next time in Mark chapter 13.